0: welcome to haunting history the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone tales of true crime mystery and the macabre and when we're lucky the stories were true crime history and the paranormal me now who doesn't love a good ghost story right Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. The German and literal definition of doppelganger is double-goer, or the more often used term, double-walker. In German folklore, a doppelganger is referred to as an apparition of a living person, as distinguished from a ghost. The concept of the existence of a spirit double isn't new. There is an ancient and widespread belief that there is an exact double of every living being. But how much of it is myth or superstition? and how much of it is true and has been proven scientifically. If you go on Pinterest or Instagram or even Twitter and put in the hashtag doppelganger, you'll find photo after photo of people at airports and restaurants with smiling face by smiling face of a person they just met who looks like their spitting image. Since our most recent episode with Die from Missouri State Penn, I have been obsessed with finding out more about doppelgangers. I mean, I've heard the term and I knew loosely what it meant, but I've never been interested in more than just a simple Google search. But after talking to her, which, by the way, completely creeped me out, not only by the stories at Missouri State Penn, but her description of them being quote unquote flat, like no real expression or feeling. It reminds me of the ghost dummies used in Halloween mazes or decorations of ghosts without features. There are writings going back to the 1600s of people seeing the double of themselves or a loved one. The common belief is that if you see your double three times, it means that impending death is headed your way. If someone else saw your double, it meant that you would become very ill. Although the stories of doppelgangers were mostly in German writings back in the 1600s, there is an American account of a doppelganger I'd never heard of. There are stories of Abraham Lincoln seeing his doppelganger in his own mirror reflection. As he stood looking at himself, a face exactly as his own appeared right next to his. When it happened a second time, he tried to show his wife Mary, but it disappeared as quickly as it appeared. Scientists have a different viewpoint of doppelgangers. It's believed to be a form of hiatoscopy, which is a hallucination in which one sees one's own body from a distance and may occur as a symptom of schizophrenia or epilepsy. And it goes on to say, autoscopic phenomena are psychic illusionary visual experiences consisting of the perception of the image of one's own body or face within space, either from an internal point of view, as in a mirror, or from an external point of view as in an individual perceives their surrounding environment from a different perspective, from a position outside of their own body having these distinctive characterizations, disembodiment, seeing oneself outside of one's body, or the impression of seeing the world from an elevated and distant perspective, which reminds me a lot of people who experience near-death experiences. Cases of autoscopy are commonly encountered in modern psychiatric practice, which may explain people seeing their own double, kind of like what people who meet and talk in this day and age and take pictures with their social media for their social media accounts. Those are living, breathing doubles. One I saw met her double, and they noticed that they both had very similar tattoos in the exact same place on their body, which frankly freaks me out a little bit. I'm not sure how fine it would be with meeting my double. Maybe that's a discussion for a more science-based podcast. Although I do want to mention it's actually being studied about how two people who are not related not only have the same features, but oftentimes have this. It certainly doesn't explain how others have seen a double of a friend or a loved one. Our guest this week is historian and author Brian Clune. So today we're talking to Brian Clune, author, historian, extraordinaire. How many books have you written?
1: Uh, I have 13 that I've written, 12 are out right now. And the 13th is supposed to be coming out on the 28th, but I'm not holding my breath because it was originally supposed to come out last May and then they keep changing the uh, release date. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it will be this month.
0: And what is that one?
1: It is Dark Tourism California. It's actually a little book that um, was a Barnes and Noble requisition. Um, And it, it was kind of fun Uh, To do they only gave me a month to write it Um, I managed to get it in under deadline and if it is released this month It will be 26 months since I gave it to them. So I'm mad at them.
0: And then what's book 14?
1: Um, Well, actually right now I'm working on two Hollywood centric books One of them is murder and mayhem Hollywood, which is a true crime book Uh, And I'm also working on ghosts and legends of Hollywood
0: Oh nice that would that would be my favorite, I would say
1: yeah i'm I'm really enjoying it.
0: There's a lot in Hollywood
1: that is an understatement right. although I am trying to find some more obscure locations rather than uh rehashing all of the old ones. Uh, standbys yeah right. so that that's taking a little bit more time, but I'm having a lot of fun with it
0: i ever since I did okay, so I know what doppelgangers are. And I pre-recorded a little opening that I, I actually sent to you. But I, I, I've i heard the term for, you know, 100 years. I don't know. I've always heard it. But until I did the episode of Missouri State Penitentiary, mm-hmm. I really hadn't given it that much thought. And then I became slightly obsessed with the idea of a doppelganger.
1: Now, I have a question for you, if you don't mind.
0: Oh, that's different. Go ahead. In-
1: The um, intro that you sent me, uh, you had stated that the person you had been talking to about the uh, prison was saying that there were a lot of doppelgangers at the prison and I was really curious about that. What did she mean that there were a lot of doppelgangers there? A
0: A lot of sightings of a doppelganger and on more than one occasion, they had seen a guard or a security person that they knew wasn 't on the property at the time
1: now that that 's really kind of interesting because that may be more of something I, I ran across uh, as far as by location rather than being um, an actual doppelganger, and that that 's why I was wondering about you know wh- what kind of doppelgangers they were they were seeing. Um, whether it was supposed doppelgangers of people who had passed away there or of people who were still living.
0: In some instances, I think it's been both. But the one story that I heard specifically was a security guard that still works there, that people, more than one person had seen who they thought was him, and then they find out later he either wasn't there at all or he was in a completely different area of the prison or the penitentiary.
1: Gotcha. Now, you know, I, I did, during the research, run across a lot of re- semi-famous uh, cases of possible location rather than uh, doppelganger activity.
0: So when and, you see that, do you think that's more like of a residual thing, like someone left an imprint in that area?
1: Um, that I mean, that's possible. But um, there's a couple cases where um, it was Catherine the Great of um, Russia at one point. Her guards saw her on her throne, and the doppelganger didn't respond. So the guards went to Catherine the Great, who got upset, ended up going to the uh throne room saw her own doppelganger there ordered the guards to shoot at the doppelganger uh which you know obviously did nothing but put holes in in her throne um at which point it it just disappeared now that could be a case of by location where uh catherine the great herself she was very shall we say enamored of herself really? and, uh, and always loved to picture herself on the throne so she could have actually been projecting her own image onto her throne while sitting in her room thinking about herself if that makes so sense
0: like manifesting a exactly herself?
1: exactly uh, there's actually a really famous uh, case um,
0: Wait before they, you get into that didn't Catherine the Great die of a stroke soon after She
1: did. She did. And that that goes to um it being an actual doppelganger rather than by location. So that one has kind of aspects of both um folklore and uh, the mythos of the doppelganger. Right. But there's there's actually um A case that took place back in the late 1800s mid to late 1800s of a school teacher by the name of emily uh, and i'm not sure the pronunciation saggy um is what i believe it to be it's s-a-g-e-e and by all accounts this woman was i mean just a fantastic teacher but she had been fired from 18 different jobs uh teaching jobs and and could never figure out why well, when she went to her last job, uh, she, was, she was doing great. But then the students would actually see a vision of her behind her. Um, I mean, an and exact duplicate of, in other words, a doppelganger. But this doppelganger would mirror everything she was doing. Uh, you, they couldn't hear the doppelganger, but they could see by uh, the, the lip movements of the doppelganger that the doppelganger was basically mimicking everything she was saying, everything she was doing, uh, almost as if it was um, a, a mirror image. And But then over time, it started to appear when she was out of the room so at one point she was called out into the hallway by uh, the principal Uh, as soon as she walked out of the room her doppelganger appeared sitting in her chair behind her desk until she came back into the room and over time it got i don't know if worse is the is the proper term but people would start seeing her in her classroom grading papers even though she was out in the garden uh tending to her flowers um and it finally got to be so distracting that she was called into the office and fired so this would have been her 19th time being fired but at least this time they actually told her why she was being fired and it's it's not really said what she did after that but you know that that almost to me seems more of a uh by location rather than a doppelganger now the the strange thing about this is everybody else could see this doppelganger except her she never did see it she never knew it was there
0: but why do you say it's by location if it was in every job she had like every different location
1: because and and this is my belief of course but because um when it was seen it was seen mimicking her in other words if if, if her uh, right hand moved the the doppelganger's right hand moved in the exact same way if she sat down the doppelganger would sit down uh, it would mouth the same words that she was saying at the time so it was almost as if she unknowingly psychically projected an image of herself to her class at the same time that she was performing the same actions now with her walking out into the hallway and almost immediately her doppelganger sitting down in the chair and basically just looking at the kids not interacting with the kids um i and as i said this is this is my own theory that she had projected herself there to keep an eye on the kids uh, because she had stepped out um, when she was grading the papers, the other people could see it and she was out in the garden, tending to the garden. And who knows, maybe she was thinking, I shouldn't be tending my garden, I should be in grading papers. Uh, so to me, it, it seems to be more by location than doppelganger activity.
0: I and feel then- like I've read somewhere too that a doppelganger can take on like a poltergeist behavior
1: i hadn't really found much in the way of poltergeist activity in relation to doppelgangers but um the doppelgangers so we we know that doppelgangers um were always known as you know bringing omens um right. of of you know death uh, and uh, just bad luck and things like that. But as far as uh, poltergeist activity, the, the the closest I've heard to that would be when the doppelganger was trying to. This is going to sound weird, but trying to drive its human counterpart insane uh, would actually go to the its human counterpart's friends, family, pretend to be them, uh, get the person into a lot of trouble then when the family members would come to the human counterpart, naturally the human counterpart didn't know what the heck was going on, you know, saying, look, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. The doppelganger then would go to its human counterpart and try to convince them, yes, it was you, you just don't remember, but I was there, I saw you do it. Um, thereby trying to drive the uh, its human counterpart insane to get it Committed, so the doppelganger could then take over that person's life. That that is the closest uh, in any of the research. And granted, uh, you know, I haven't uh, you know delved. Uh, there's a lot more I don't know about uh, doppelgangers, but that's the closest so far that I've come to any type of um, doppelganger uh, mischievous uh, acts by by a doppelganger.
0: Yeah, because there's so many stories in history um about doppelgangers i was kind of surprised
1: well yeah and one of the things that um i found fascinating is doppelganger um and you you said it in your intro uh of it's a a basically a german uh folktale but there are other um people that that believed it as well. The, the Egyptians uh, had uh, their version of a doppelganger, which is cr- granted a bit different than what uh, an actual German doppelganger would be called a Ka or a spirit spark. Um, and they believed that it was the doppelganger that would come out of one of their uh, people and go on into the afterlife so that was one of the reasons that uh for mummification and everything else is they were trying to make the doppelgangers uh transition from life to death more pleasant and give it something uh concrete once it reached its final destination in the afterlife Um, you have uh the celtic version uh which is a fetch um and It's kind of an apparition of of its living counterpart, and it was a bringer of bad omens as well, and usually would appear before a family member or a friend just before the person would die. Oh, and one of the weird things about the fetch, the Celtic version, if the fetch was actually seen in the mornings, it was actually a good omen that the person that it was the opposite of would have a long life. So... That one sort of has two different aspects, which I found rather, uh, rather interesting. And then um, the Scottish had what is known as throws. And they were basically, we would most likely call them changelings. Um, they believed that um, the fairies would have a sick child And they would go to a human family who had just had a baby, they would switch the their their sick child for the healthy human child, take the human child to raise as a fairy, and the throw would then take on the shape, forms, mannerisms of the human child and look exactly like it until the sickness finally took it. So We have that one. And then also the Britons had, um, I I cannot pronounce it, the Anku. And that was a little bit weird because it would look exactly like their human counterpart. But then bringing bringing death to their human counterpart, as soon as their human counterpart would pass away, the doppelganger or the Anku would actually become death itself uh, replete with the uh, dark robes the sky the whole the whole thing um but i just found it really kind of interesting that there a lot of other cultures had their versions of a doppelganger
0: well what is the difference between a doppelganger and a changeling i mean i know the whole folklore story of them switching the babies out but in the, the grand scheme of things what is the difference between the two like isn't it kind of almost the same definition
1: um in a way um it all depends on if you want to classify or believe that a doppelganger is a uh fairy creature uh, you know a, a creature of fae. now one of the things that i ran across which could conceivably connect the changeling with the doppelganger is there is a belief among some of the uh, celtic uh, religions that if a changeling grew up and and didn't pass away due to its illness, that it could then come across its own doppelganger, or in this case, the human child that was stolen. Um, Now, the changeling not fully realizing that it was not the actual human child would still be under the impression that it was, would see its own doppelganger, uh, in this case, uh, its own human version, um, and the, that's where the the connection is, is that it's it's actually both. It's the changeling seeing its human counterpart, thereby going insane or having a bad omen from the human. It's kind of it's kind of convoluted, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, well, and it's funny because if you Google, I just typed in changeling and started to type type in versus. and it um, the first thing came up was doppelganger, changeling versus doppelganger. Yeah. Is changeling is more restricted in terms of size, but can be substantially any human shaped creature, regardless of the creature type. Well, a doppelganger can only turn into humanoids.
1: I actually I, – I didn't run across that, but that that's an interesting uh, theory.
0: Well, it's a, definitely a clear definition. But I guess yeah. – I mean, people so um, flippantly say, oh, I met my doppelganger or I saw your doppelganger at the airport. But the sinister belief of doppelgangers and in what initially was like rumored to be or folklore or whatever you want to call it was that if someone saw your doppelganger – or you saw your doppelganger three times or more, it was an impending death. It wasn't anything else. Like People now like take pictures like, oh, this person looks so much like me or whatever. But it's actually, it was a very terrifying thing right. to see someone who looked exactly like you. But I think the thing that freaked me out the most about what Dice said, because she had seen what she believed to be a doppelganger, was the flatness of their features and not physical flatness, but the fact that there was no feelings or expressions. It was the person's face that she knew it was this man's face, but there was no expression to it. It was very flat. The eyes were dead. The expression was, you know, completely neutral. And that's that. I think that's what freaks me out the most.
1: Yeah. That, that one has always kind of, um, made me wonder because it, going a little bit further some people have actually claimed that even though a doppelganger that looked like that was 3D it wasn't actually three dimensional right
0: which- like it's like a vision of that person but it's flat it's not really like you can't walk up and hug it it doesn't look like a human being like at first glance it looks like a human being walking there but at closer inspection It's very flat. It's not, it's clearly not real.
1: Right. Now, one thing I ran across as far as that goes is, um, and I cannot remember who it was that put the theory forth was that doppelgangers in that particular case were doppelgangers who had not fully formed and taken on all of the characteristics of the person that they were this is going to sound weird. Becoming, so in other words, it was basically like a newborn doppelganger.
0: Well, like you're saying, like it was created to match someone. Like it wasn't like an instantaneous kind of thing. Like,
1: correct. But they're
0: um, trying to become that person. So, like this in this instance with Missouri State Penitentiary, this guard would have access to every place within inside the penitentiary. Was there a purpose of this doppelganger to become him so that he would have access to all these places and why? Like, what was the, what was the, the end for him? What was the purpose for him?
1: Well, see, and that, that's what we don't know uh, is, first of all, if it is not by location and um, some uh, otherworldly creature that is becoming a person, it's a matter of why are they becoming that person? So in the case of Abraham Lincoln, I know you mentioned him in okay. the uh, intro, He Abraham Lincoln saw his own doppelganger in the mirror. Right. But he noticed that the features were not quite right. Now, his wife knew that, you know, these were bad omens, and she was actually right because he he was killed shortly after that. But in a situation like that, you would have to wonder, well, why was this doppelganger becoming Abraham Lincoln if it knew that Abraham Lincoln was going to uh, be assassinated? Well, now,
0: it's the same with any doppelganger, right? Like if if someone else sees your doppelganger like that, like not just some, I keep using the airport, but someone at the airport that looks like you. If someone sees your, a true doppelganger of you, with like the flat expression that seemingly to be 3D, but not really 3D. I mean, isn't that impending death anyways? Like what are these people, are these doppelgangers here to warn? Are they here to cause havoc or is it like some people say your actual soul already leaving your body? Well, the,
1: I think I'd be a little careful about uh, the, the, the soul leaving the body um because that denotes that you have basically given up your own soul and your own free will
0: okay then not soul then what would the word terminology be like spirit leaving your body like
1: well now see to me it would be the same thing um but everything i've read about doppelgangers they do not have the uh a soul per se uh they do not have the uh same um abilities as a human as far as um feelings (sighs) feelings and things like that thank you but while they are here it is is hard to hard to fathom um you know like in the case of them trying to drive a person insane so they get committed um it's so they don't have to go through the trouble of actually killing the person but can then take over their life. Um, It's the the same thing with a lot of times uh, we find that the doppelganger will start talking to its human counterpart and give advice that at the time sounds like good advice, but it's basically leading the human counterpart to do things that could either be deadly or... Uh, could cause them to be thrown in prison, thereby getting rid of them. So it's almost as if the doppelgangers are there to take over a person's life, which is kind of counterproductive to the other part of the myth where it's an omen of death. So you kind of have to wonder whether there's two different aspects and possibly even two different versions of doppelgangers because both of those myths come at the same uh at the same time which is really rather confusing when you when you delve deep into you know what
0: doppelgangers are so technically i don't know where i was going with this i guess the fact that i mean having adult having someone that looks like you is not a doppelganger that's not like a real definition of a doppelganger a doppelganger isn't is a non-living being
1: um it in mythology yes um in modern terminology um we use doppelganger now uh almost casually to describe people who look like us right right. now one of the things that i did find is that uh because humans have a relatively small gene pool it's an almost guarantee that there is somebody on this planet somewhere that looks exactly like us right and that just has to do with the fact that uh in some ways we have uh, distant relatives that we have never met, never had any inkling of that, uh, would be, you know, duplicates of us, uh, genetic duplicates. Now, are those technically doppelgangers? Uh, no, no, but not as far as the mythos goes.
0: Um,
1: now one of the things that, um, and this kind of goes back to the the whole flatness uh, aspect, there have been a few uh, people who have stated that they believe doppelgangers are now and always have been shadow people who have decided to take on the form of a human that they found interesting or that they um, wanna be able to use the likeness to their own ends. What that, those ends are, we don't know. Um, I thought that was a rather interesting theory, Um, especially since we don't know what shadow people actually are. um, In some ways, it makes a slight bit of sense. Well, it
0: makes it, it takes up like a level of creepiness too, because I mean, oftentimes people see shadow people and maybe don't even realize that they're seeing shadow people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you keep seeing something out of the corner of your eye and unless you're in a haunted location and you're looking for it, you could just kind of tell yourself you're crazy. But if shadow people could somehow manifest themselves into being a doppelganger, that's freaking terrifying.
1: Yeah. Um, And one of the things I was thinking about um, where you have a lot of folks who have seen doppelgangers who have died shortly afterwards, we have all of these stories about a doppelganger trying to get a person out of the way without killing them. I've often wondered whether that is because they don't plan on being uh, that person's double forever and are just, just need them out of the way long enough to accomplish whatever strangeness that they need to accomplish being that person. If that makes sense.
0: No, the whole thing is really creepy when you really think about it to me, like doppelgangers, are up there with some of the creepiest folklore or myths there are. And I feel like with every folklore, there's some shred of truth to them.
1: Generally speaking, yeah. Um, You know, going back to uh, the bilocation um, and that possibly being, uh, have something to do with doppelganger activity, Um, One of the ones that I found really rather strange took place in the 17th century, and some missionaries and explorers, they were some of the first to explore New Mexico, but they were also the first to explore the northern parts of New Mexico. They came across a Native American tribe. Who was already practicing Catholicism. And according to the natives, they were taught by a blue, a strange, mysterious blue lady. And that's a quote. So the missionaries themselves started asking the natives questions, and, and when they got back to Spain, they they started trying to track down this mysterious blue lady, and they found a sister Maria de Jesús de Agrida or Agreda um and she actually admitted that she had been going to the this strange land in her dreams um and had managed to bring crosses and other religious symbols and had taught the native americans there uh catholicism
0: okay but so now you're bringing in another angle that people would be able to that's that's like out of body experiences
1: right she was actually tried for witchcraft luckily she was um acquitted shall we say during the inquisition but they had classified her spirit over in the new world as a doppelganger not as a um, out-of-body experience but as an actual doppelganger which is how she was um, finally acquitted of being a witch so
0: crazy too are doppelgangers just us having experiences outside of our regular vessel
1: yeah that's just it and but one of the things that um i found kind of creepy um, and there are some people who believe doppelgangers are a form of vampire um, and because they do not have any reflection so if a doppelganger is standing right next to you, you cannot see it in a mirror. You cannot see it in a puddle of water. You cannot see it um, reflected on any reflective surface. But how did Abraham Lincoln see it in
0: a mirror? It wasn't a doppelganger?
1: And see, that there's the difference though, because the doppelganger was not standing next to Lincoln. He was actually in the mirror. So it wasn't actually a reflection of the doppelganger, it was the doppelganger itself. Reflecting out of the mirror, not into the mirror. If that's
0: something called that, like where people practice that, what is it called? Striking, stri- what is it called?
1: Um, yeah.
0: Is it what is that called? It's
1: it's it's a form of divination, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah. I, sti- you know, it's funny. I just heard the word uh, a few days ago, and now it, I'm totally drawing a blank on it. But I know what you're saying, and I mean. I guess that's possible. You, you can always see a doppelganger in a mirror, but you can never see them in the mirror if they are with you.
0: Okay. That's just kind of crazy. Oh, I really want to know what that's called, though, and I can't find it. I feel like it was called something with an S. Scrying.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Scry- scrying is a bit different. Um, scrying is basically looking into a, a scrying mirror or a sc- a scrying bowl that's filled with water um, and not seeing yourself or seeing a doppelganger but seeing future events um, and, not, and not actually not necessarily actually seeing the event as it is but the the person doing the scrying um, interprets what uh, what they're seeing in the scrying
0: device so like a TV like they're looking at a TV but it's a mirror or- yeah, kind of in a way yeah so what's your final thoughts on doppelgangers? Real, not real?
1: Um, you had to ask me that, huh?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: um, so in modern terminology, I would say that doppelgangers exist and are our genetic duplicates. As far as...
0: And that's we, the less sinister version of it. That's really just a, the genetic pool correct okay
1: um as far as the mythological doppelgangers there are so many different cultures that have a version of their doppelganger that i believe there has to be something that all of those cultures saw to make them uh create if you will uh these the name
0: or definition
1: Right. Um, but what they truly are, um, I really couldn't tell you, although you do really have me um, interested to the point where I'm going to start doing some heavy research uh, in into the, the doppelganger phenomenon.
0: Yeah. Let's do another episode if you find more information. I know that there was a scientist in Germany that was studying the genetics of real life doppelgangers of people who lived and breathed and worked and had jobs and were real people and would meet their counterpart. Like someone who looks just like them that has the same mannerisms and everything of them. And they were finding a connection via genetics, like somehow some way there was a very, very far and distant connection, but there was a connection. Right. as far as like a scientific research into like doppelgangers that you see at places like missions missouri state penitentiary or um there's just so many stories of people seeing a doppelganger right they're, well, they're not real people they're flat they're not three dimensional but they're there you see them just like you would a shadow person
1: right i but, know but, that so enough but, research on that yeah th- those are the ones that really kind of freak me out but keep this in mind as well uh, a few years back, uh, somebody had told me that they saw my exact double. And they said they the person looked exactly like me. Now, I'm adopted, and I still do not have any idea who my biological father is or that side of the family. So uh, there is a possibility that some of these doppelgangers are due to... Um, adoption and right. not and not knowing who uh, our ancestors are depending on you know how how many years back or, or, or millennia back uh, the adoptions took place right so
0: that's crazy I don't know I, I think that in like the grand scheme of things like things that I would be afraid of like vampires or Shadow people creep me out. Um, me as well. Know. I've never seen one, but I don't. I probably would prefer not to. Jinx is high on my list of being really creepy.
1: Have you ever seen the Harry Potter movies?
0: Well, yeah.
1: So, do you know what a Dementor looks like?
0: Oh no! Should I look that
1: up? Oh, you can. Um, but I did see something up at Virginia City that looked just like a Dementor. Uh, people tell me that what I saw was a shadow figure, um, but it was the creepiest thing I have ever seen. Especially since it was jetting up the fire escape into my bedroom.
0: So, was it just like a, a fog? Is that what you call it? like a, fo- a person it, shaped fog?
1: It, it was. It was a very dark shadow that was very long, and it. I, I. It looked just like a Dementor from the Harry Potter movies.
0: So, like a shape to it. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's that's high on my list. That's high on my list. I almost think if I saw full body apparition walking down the stairs, knowing full well that was an apparition and it was going to like dissolve before it got to the bottom of the stairs, would not scare me as much as seeing like one of those creepy shadow people that crawl on the floor.
1: I completely agree.
0: Like, that's just almost like the movie with Ghost with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Where, like, they come out of the ground and, like, slither and... Uh, uh, no.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, okay, ghosts, we know that they are just deceased humans. However, what one of these shadow figures or uh, uh, one of these flat, uh, if you, if you want to call them that, flat doppelgangers, um, or something like what I saw that uh, was literally flying um, up a, a fire escape. Yeah, that is like, what the heck was that?
0: It just feels more evil. It feels more sinister. I mean, exactly. And I don't know what other word to use. Like the word sinister just to me kind of embodies exactly what I'm thinking. Something more sinister. Something without our control that can maybe harm us or... Exactly. In some way. So, yeah, Doppelgangers are big. Thanks so much for this. Oh,
1: absolutely. Thank you for putting, kind of
0: threw it at you. putting me
1: on the trail. I
0: know. <laughs> yeah, when you do a big speech about Doppelgangers, you'll have to invite me.
1: I will, definitely. Um, I can almost guarantee that uh, this will be um, <laughs> uh, a talk I will give at uh, the next Paracon. So.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, then you definitely have to invite me.
1: Yeah, I most certainly will.
0: Okay. And then um, to get your books, they can go on Amazon and basically search Brian Clune.
1: Yep. Just just type my name into Amazon and my books will come up. Uh, Even the one that hasn't been released yet is uh, up on Amazon, Uh, but don't hold your breath on when it might actually come out. That sounds bad, but...
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this happens sometimes when you're writing books, especially coming out of Covid, isn't it even like a little bit weirder? Like things are behind and
1: um, you know, with with my one publisher, no, they they've been absolutely fantastic, uh, okay. through through covid. Uh, the only problem I had was being able to do research, going places, and getting pictures and talking to people. That was the biggest challenge. That was hard, right? But the publishing was was just like always.
0: Do you have a website people can go to?
1: Yes, brianclune dot com. Well,
0: uh- make
1: it a little bit harder than that. Um, I'm sorry, I, I'll, I'll try and make it a lot longer next time. <laughs> um, and one thing that people might find interesting is if you go to my blog, I only have, I think, five up right now because it's relatively new. Um, I write under the name Traveler, and I have uh, blogs on there designed for people to have their own paranormal weekends um, at different towns. So in, um, say Virginia city, I tell you the hotels to stay in that are haunted things to do, uh, in Virginia city that are haunted places to eat that are haunted. Uh, so you can have your own fun paranormal weekend without having to worry about joining groups and tours and everything else.
0: What an excellent idea.
1: Yeah. I thought it was fun.
0: Okay. One last question. Most haunted location you've ever been to ever.
1: Uh a place that no longer exists unfortunately uh that would be Wolf Manor, but second would be Alcatraz, so I highly recommend everybody take the night tour of Alcatraz and see what transpires The activity there was was off the chart
0: yeah I want i I have not every time I've been to San Francisco, Alcatraz has been closed for one reason or another. Oh, no, you have to do it yeah I don't know we'll see. Thank you so much oh thank you I'll talk to you soon, okay, bye. Finding your doppelkinger at a restaurant or party might be fun in games. You snap a pic, show it off on social media. But would you feel the same way if you came across them in a dark alley, alone, at night? Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode, links to our Patreon page, and all of our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. Remember, the living are far scarier than any guy.